Welcome to the next generation of energy with Rosewater Energy Group. Traditionally, power availability has been the overriding objective for home automation. But 21st century advances have shifted this paradigm. It's no longer a question of power availability. The real question is, how good is your power? Our podcast explores the shifting paradigm to educate our listeners on the importance of power quality, the foundation upon which premium home automation is built. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Next Generation of Energy, a podcast brought to you by Rosewater Energy Group. I'm your host, Tyler Kern. Welcome to another episode of the show. We're thrilled that you've joined us for this one. Today, we are talking about the 10th birthday for Rosewater Energy Group. We're going to be talking about the origin of the company, what led Joe and Mario to start this company, and so much more, where things have been, where things are going in the future. It's going to be a really exciting episode, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us for it. And so now I'm going to introduce you uh, to Joe Piccarelli. He's the founder and CEO of Rosewater Energy. Joe, welcome. Well, thank you, Tyler. It's 10 years seems like only yesterday some of the time, and then it seems like forever some of the other times. But thanks for being, thanks for having us here. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm thrilled to talk about the last 10 years because you're right. Uh, sometimes time flies and sometimes uh, it can feel like it has crept by slowly, I, I'm sure. So we'll talk all about that here in the coming moments. But we're also joined today by Mario Botero. He is the founder and director of Rosewater Energy. Mario, welcome. Thank you very much. Uh, looking, looking forward to the conversation as well. Thanks. Absolutely. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, uh, let's dive on in here. So, Joe, let's start off here. What, what prompted you and Mario to st start Rosewater 10 years ago? What, what was kind of part of the driving force behind, uh, behind why you started the company? Well, interestingly enough, Mario and I met when, independent of each other, we made an investment in a battery company. It turned out to be not a very good investment, but an investment in a battery company. And Mario, his partner, also one of our partners, Marco, and myself started to talk about batteries in general and, you know, where this company we invested in should go. And then we began a discussion of how to use energy storage in the residential world. And... Mario and Marco both came from the world of developers, and I came from the consumer electronics residential world. And we were just chatting away, and we, we talked about it, and we talked about it. And then Mario, Marco, and myself, one day, uh, I think it was in September of 2012, decided, okay, let's go for it. And I, I, I have to admit, and I'm going to have Mario recount the beginning as well, not only did it start what we think is a, has become a very good company, but it was also started, began what has become an incredibly good friendship. So it's really, it's really rare that you can have that. Mario, how's your recollection of 10 years ago? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, listen, at the, at the beginning, we, uh, we saw, you know, energy storage as being uh, a huge growth opportunity and, Joe had the idea. I said, like, listen, you know, my background is this and, you know, the, this, the, these high end homes doing, uh, you know, the audio video stuff and doing all kinds of components in houses and home controls and everything. And, and I really think there's an opportunity here. And, and me and Marco were just like, Joe, you know what? God bless. Let's go. Like, you know, tell us what to do. We're here, you know? And then we started to develop the product out and it took a, it, it was really hard. We thought it would be pretty simple it, and it ended up being, a lot of work. It took us like four or five years before we really had a product that we could sell and uh, that that we could comfortably sell. You know, so 
uh, it, it was it was quite quite a challenge, uh, and we persevered. We 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 always had a philosophy of be the best. Like we have to put the best product out there. It's not going to be cheap, but it's going to be the best. And we we stuck to that, and we continue to stick to that. You know, and it, it's worked out. It's worked out very well for us so far. Tyler, you would be amazed if you would have seen the first oh, three three or four prototypes that we brought out. As Mario pointed out, we really, and this was my fault. I'm going, how hard could this possibly be? <laughs> and we found out exactly how yeah. hard. I mean, and we hired what we thought were great engineers. I mean, names that we'll leave unsaid, but, you know, and we ended up with product that was embarrassing. It was sad because as Mario pointed out, we didn't want to value engineer this. We wanted to build the best product. And people kept giving us products with compromises and the compromises were ridiculous. I mean, just like, I mean, Mario and I often look, often look back and say, thank God nobody bought one of those. Because <laughs> they were just, they're just something else. But, you know, Mario said something that was, that really has driven us. And, you know, Rosewater has this philosophy. We have the tagline, simply the best. But Mario, Marco, and I, we refuse to compromise on anything. People thought we were out of our minds, out of our minds, because we didn't have a price point in mind. We knew it wasn't going to be inexpensive by, you know, all accounts. But it was, nope, if it's not the best, we don't want to do it. And, we you know, Mario and Marco were, were right there. They were just like, I thought I was stubborn about it. Nah, they are. <laughs> and at the beginning, at the beginning, too, we went show after show, no sale. Next year, went to the shows again, no sales. Went to the shows again. No sales, but we set, but we always knew at one point they're going to get it. Right. And we were lucky enough that our lives have been pretty good. We were able to fund it ourselves. We didn't have investors to answer to. We didn't have, you know, uh, we, we weren't doing it just for a weekly check. We were doing it because it was our, you know, a vision that, that we had a dream that we had to, to grow this company. But we went year after year, nothing, nothing, nothing. And we stuck to our guns. Every year we move, improved our product. We improved the product that we didn't sell the year before to something better <laughs> that we didn't sell that year to something better. And then it got to the point where people started to say, hey, you know what? I actually think I can use this. And then trickled there for the sales. And now we get to the point where, you know, we're getting calls constantly, uh, you know, sales. Joe was talking about uh, three sales today that happened, you know, or three, three units anyways. Uh, so, you know, like it's, it's it's been exciting. It's been a great great ride. I think one of the other things, Tyler, in the beginning that we saw. I mean, if you go back ten years ago, it was the beginning of oh, we're going to tie our renewable energy to batteries, you know, and the whole thing about batteries and the house was how do you integrate a solar panel? How do you integrate a wind turbine? You know, some form of renewable in a residence, and we didn't think that way. You know, we were, wait a minute, power is getting worse and worse in terms of power quality, you know, the fluctuations in voltage. And as we kept automating houses, you know, those, the microprocessors we put in houses were extremely vulnerable. 
And no one was talking about that. You know, we were talking about it and we kept pushing it. Everybody else was going, oh, no, tie this to your solar panels or do this with your turbine. And, and you know, all of those businesses had these momentary rises in success because of they were subsidized businesses. And Mario, Mark and myself, the last thing we wanted was a business that depended on anybody's subsidy. That was just, you know, if it if it can't stand on its own, then it's not a good business in, in our minds. And, and so while the industry was, OK, we've got to have this return on investment. We've got to have this tie to renewables. We've got to have this kind of funding and this kind. We stuck to our guns. And, and you know, as Mario recounts the story, you go out, you know, show after show, you don't sell. You know, you know sometimes we got, oh, that's sort of interesting. And, and that's what we got. But we stuck to it. So in a lot of ways, you've really seen an evolution of the marketplace and maybe uh, an evolution in terms of how people understand what your product can do for them, right? You've really gotten to see that evolution firsthand as it's happened. That is for sure. I mean, you know, and and again, Mario, would, would, we'd all talk about it and we'd go, people think we're just battery storage. Well, no, that's just a thing that we do, you know, and, and it was... Uh, how do you explain what it means to have zero transfer time? How do you explain what it means to have perfect power at all times? You know, how do you explain to people that our unit is engaged 100% of the time, not just when power's off? And and that, that's been a struggle. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's, it's been hard to get the, a lot of the dealers and the reps to, it's been hard for them to get comfortable with the price point that we have because clearly their clients, I mean, Oh, you know, the guy who owns seven Ferraris, you're having trouble thinking that he might spend some money on this product. Like, so it was them having the issue, like, cause in their minds, they couldn't justify it. And that's what took us so long. It took us, it took us that long for them to get comfortable to say, Hey, you know what? That is a lot of money, but, I think I think my client needs it now, you know, and it took and it took that long to get there because again, the client could always afford it; they just weren't comfortable selling it. So it took us year after year after year of convincing them that this is very, there's value here. You just you just have to get comfortable with it, and now they're getting comfortable with it. Right, you know, and and Joe, you and I did a podcast on that. That that at times um, customers were being done a disservice because people were scared to bring up. Rosewater because of the price point, right? But at the end of the day, like you said, quality is your entire focus and consumers deserve to know what options are out there. Absolutely. And, and Mario's point is right on the money. It was, oh, this is too expensive. And it was not, it wasn't about the client. People were trying to, were selling out of their own wallets. And it was, it's very, very difficult to, to overcome that. And then of course, we had to sit down and you know, what's the first thing somebody who can't make a sale says, oh, you should build a cheaper one, you know, <laughs> and we just would go, there is no way we will compromise quality, period. That's never going to happen. And, you know, and I think part of our resolve is what convinced people in the long run. No, we are building it this way. <laughs> and that's just that's the way it worked. It was uh it was very interesting. And, and again, in that period 10 years ago and, and for the first four or five years, 
you know, battery storage, all these things, everybody was racing to the bottom for price points, and we are going in exactly the opposite direction. No, we're just going to build the best. This is not about seeing who could build a cheaper one. And almost every year, basically pretty much every show, we came out with a newer version every time. Like, again, sales or not was irrelevant. It, it was always like, okay, is something better? Is there something better we can implement? You know, and 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 there have been over time, and now we're working with different battery chemistries as well. Uh, you know, like there's always something we're always looking to say how, okay, it's the it's the best product on the market right now, but how do we how do we make it better? And we're always looking at that. We always want it to be the best product, always. I I believe that a better the only people who will build a better product than ours is us, and that's the way we're gonna keep it. So I like that. I like that. I think that's a really good way of, of, of putting it and, and looking at it, especially just with your, the emphasis on quality and just building the absolute best. And Joe, I'm curious just what the state of the grid was like maybe 10 years ago, because we've talked a lot about where things are now, you know, and what we're seeing across the United States these days, but, but was it all that different 10 years ago or was it drastically different? I, I think what had happened was, like in many things, the coasts, the East Coast and the West Coast, sort of lead the way for what's going to happen in the country. And 10 years ago was when California and Florida started experiencing power problems due to rapid population growth and growth of houses. I mean, South Florida, where I live, you know, the houses along the intercoastal and along the ocean, those used to be people's winter cottages, you know, 1,200 square feet, you know, and now all of those houses have been replaced with 20,000 square feet or bigger, you know, these gigantic homes. No, I don't think they've built a power plant in Florida in the last 40 years. And so our population went from seven and a half million to 23 million. California, not only were people moving out there and making a lot of money in the tech boom and building these big houses, but then California also decided they would go on this kick to, to start managing power. And, you know, you, you let governments manage too much and it becomes incredibly inefficient. So we started seeing that 10 years ago, and now it is spread across the country. That's, you know, all of a sudden... The hot areas, you know, you look at a place like Nashville where 100 families a day are moving into Nashville. I think that's their thing. All of these all of these areas are growing and growing rapidly and you can't build new power plants. And, and you know, now with the integration of renewables and people trying to subsidize that onto the grid, renewables make power power quality worse, not better because of their intermittency. And that's that's what I see. Ten years ago, it was sort of a coastal problem. And, you know, California was kind of our first really big market in Florida. And and now, I mean, last month we put four in Colorado or five in Colorado. I forgot the number a lot. <laughs> you know, it, it was it's amazing. And that, that was that's how it looked to me. Mario, any any other thing you would add to what the no, market? I, was? I think I think just what's what's we're seeing or what I think I noticed over the last little while is it's just more front of mind now. It's more in the press, like especially with these all these weather things going on. Power, it, it's just something you didn't read as much about it back then. Whereas now you 
almost read about it every day. There's there's some kind of weather thing, and there's some kind of outage somewhere. There's a freeze in Dallas. There's something's going on somewhere. So it's just more front of mind because I I don't I outside of the grid being ten years older, I I don't know if I would say it's necessarily gotten worse. It's just gotten more noticeable, you know. Yeah, that's that's a that's a really good point, and. I'm I'm curious, Joe, was there ever a point where you thought, you know what, people might not get it. People might not understand what we're trying to do and the purpose behind it. Or did you always believe and see that there is a market and there would be a growing market for this? It was just about getting the product right and making sure the right people heard about it. Well, I, I would be lying if there weren't <laughs> moments of doubt in my life. But, <laughs> um, that would be know, superhuman. Yeah. But one of those, one of the things that makes our partnership work with Mario, Marco, and myself, is that when one of us isn't feeling the, we're quite analytical and look for what what does this look like tomorrow? What does this because we're all always not only analyzing our product, but we're analyzing the market and everything we saw in what was going on in the market pointed to yes, this is exactly what we predicted. So the roadblock to our success is really convincing the people who interface with the end users. And we have discussed different strategies for that ad nauseum over the last 10 years. And, you know, fortunately we are, we've, we have managed to get to a point where now people are talking about our product all the time. But I think that that it is the partnership and the, the mutuality of goals that, you know, the Rosewater goals are really a reflection of the Rosewater founders. That is who we are. And that's, you know, and that's not going to change. I've been, I've been like this way too long. So is Marco. So is Marco. We're not changing. (laughs) So um, that's my view of it. It it is, you know, if, if I have a day where I feel like I've gotten the crap kicked out of me, Mario's going to call me in the evening or the next morning and we're going to talk it through. And it's just, that's just the way it is. I'm also curious, and Mario, I'd love to hear from you on this in, about because um, because Joe and I have talked about this on the podcast over the last couple of years. But how have the last maybe two years, just in terms of supply chain challenges and some of the other things that have have come up uh, surrounding the pandemic and some other mitigating factors, how have those challenges compared to maybe some of the challenges of the early years? And and um, where would you put the last two years, just in terms of uh, the different things that you've had to face and overcome? Well, I think from our perspective, more the supply chain construction projects have slowed down because they're having issues with a lot of the material that they need for the site. So some of our projects are getting pushed off from that perspective. Our sales growth is getting to the point where we're now being affected as well from supply chain issues. So, you know, those are it's the problems. Those are the good problems, but they're still problems that we have to deal with. Uh, I think again, it, what's what's what we've noticed in the last couple of years in particular is just the overall acceptance. When we meet with people, you know, before it was a little bit more convincing in terms of where you had to explain the product. And what we've seen in the last couple of years is right away now, people as soon as you mention it, they get it. It's like okay, I get it. You know, and it, it's they still have to sort of overcome that hurt that their own mental hurdle of how can I justify this to my client? Cause you know, it's, it just seems like a lot of money, 
but we've seen the acceptance grow. Supply chain issues are having an impact, uh, again, more so on the site than us. But, um, it, you know, it's been a great couple of years, the last couple of years and actually even last few months. It's just been it's been very strong. So it's, it's been exciting. Joe, any anything you'd add to, to Mario's comments about that, uh, just given some of the things we've talked about over the last two yeah, years? I, I mean, you sit down and as Mario pointed out, what's what happens is because as construction gets delayed, people have left deposits on our products that we thought were going to be installed. Oh, we have stuff that was supposed to be installed over a year ago still because of uh, issues with the rest of the materials necessary to complete. And, and our product goes into the house when it's nearly finished. So that creates a timing issue. And then in the last six to eight months, our sales growth has outstripped even our expectations. So now all of a sudden, the orders we had placed well in advance are not adequate to keep up with our sales, which is, it's a way better problem, still a problem, <laughs> way, way better problem. Right. Right. Uh, but you know that it's forced us to, to rethink our supply chain. Which, what's really nice is we are uh, about to bring on a, a second manufacturing line, which hopefully parts procurement willing, will start producing sometime in October, which should help mitigate some of our issues. Uh, so it's it's interesting, we, you know, the, the shoes on the other foot now, because it's like people are call, we get calls every day. It's crazy. It's great. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So we've we've kind of talked about how the market has evolved, where things were 10 years ago compared to where things are now. Um, let's talk about where you guys see things heading over the next 10 years uh, as Rosewater hits its second decade. Uh, how do you see the market continuing to evolve? Obviously, demand has grown quite a bit for your product. But as we look at, you know, renewables like you were discussing and as you know, companies discuss ESG more often, you know, it's becoming more and more top of mind for folks. And so, uh, Joe, where do you see things heading in the next 10 years? Well, there are some significant factors that are going to determine where it ultimately goes. I mean, Mario mentioned earlier, we are constantly looking at battery chemistries. And the ba a battery chemistry is going to be key to the growth from really large estate-sized homes to many, uh, to the price points really filtering to uh, a different use pattern, a pattern that is is much more controlled where the, the units will be off some part of every day and running on batteries, not off. So battery chemistries will, will, will play a part in it. And we're looking at a couple of what we think are very promising battery chemistries. I think 10 years from now, we're not sure what battery, we don't know. There might be a totally different battery chemistry 10 years from now that none of us know. I think the acceptance of the of power quality 10 years from now will be commonplace. I think that's that's pretty clear to me. Um, as the market in the past was saying, okay, it should be cheaper, uh, we think the market is going to be ripe for even larger devices than the ones we make. And we just we've just introduced one that's double the capacity of our current unit. And it's selling like I mean, nobody's seen one in person and they keep ordering it. You know, Mario, your view, Ted, for, for the future? Well, uh, I would like to say uh, somewhat um, 
self uh, congratulatory, egotistically for, from Rosewater's perspective, we will continue to develop the market in certain categories. Uh, you know, I think we've, we've done it to a certain extent so far and we will continue to hone our business model as we um, create new opportunities going forward. And, and a lot of people will continue to try to follow some of the things that we do. And we're good with that. And we're good with being the leaders. And we're good with being the front end. And uh, we're always good with being the most expensive and the best product. So uh, the market's getting better all the time. And we continue to develop new ways to get our product in the field. There's a, another person calling wanting, uh, wanting another <laughs> unit, right? Like, <laughs> You know, Tyler, when you, when you think about the future and I don't know how much our our audience keeps track of what's going on in something as simple as lighting. Hmm. Now the trend in lighting is to have microprocessor control at every bulb. Yeah, that way you can adjust the color temperature of a bulb. So if a bulb is, if you're lighting up a piece of artwork, you adjust the color temperature to sure. enhance the colors of the artwork. So you're seeing all of this proliferation, you know, if you've got a hundred light fixtures in your house, that's a hundred microprocessors that you didn't have before. Mm -hmm. so there is that. And then you're looking at plumbing fixtures that, you know, are touch controlled. Well, those all have sensors that are connected to a network and, you know, all of that. And, and then there's the trend towards wellness where, because of the years spent at home with COVID and, and people getting used to telemedicine, well, now you're going to have things in your house that are monitoring not just the health of your house, but your health. Right, right. And and those are all microprocessor intensive. So the need for constant power, constant predictable power, in my mind, is just going to grow exponentially. Because once you have these conveniences, you don't want to live without them. And, and without sounding too crazy... That kind of, in the world of health, if we can correctly monitor people remotely in terms of your blood pressure, all of the things that you go to a doctor's office for now, I don't think there's anything that could lower the cost of medicine more than that. Right. Uh, it, it just, so I, I think for our products, and again, it's self-serving, I think the future is really bright for our kind of product because it's going to be critical to the functioning of a modern society. That's, so a, that, that's an excellent point. That's an excellent point. You know, it, just, it, it just seems to make sense. And, and, you know, when I talk to Mario and Marco, and we can become an echo chamber, which is problematic at times, but... All of us have our own networks of people that we talk to that are way far afield from what we do. And, you know, their view of the future is not dissimilar. They just don't know how to solve the problem. You know, that's us. But that, I don't see it going any other way. I, you know, I, I, I don't think there is a trend despite some people wanting to go back to the Stone Age. I don't think that's going to last. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right about that. Absolutely. Mario, uh, what, what do you think for the next 10 years? What, when you look out, uh, what do you see? Uh, listen, I just see, I see us at the beginning stages of what will ultimately become an explosive growth. Uh, the industry, 
uh, will it'll be as you know as common as a dishwasher in every house. I see a lot of things that were good that are going to happen. I think there's it's got to be done a certain way, and I think that you know uh, you know again I think we're on a path that uh, Rosewater where we think we're going to be the industry leaders uh, in a, a bunch of different categories, but. It's it's very important, and it, and it only gets more important as as we as every day progresses, and as more issues come, and uh, you know gas prices go up, and certain things happen, natural gas, and and you know coal reduction, and nuclear hopefully gets a little bit more common in the future. Uh, but until that happens, you know we're gonna we're gonna run into a lot of issues, and power quality and power reliability are gonna be. Uh, even more important, and you know, we're going to be there. We're going to be the guys that uh, have have solutions for a lot of a lot of different categories, a lot of different uh, applications. It, it is amazing, Tyler. What, what we talk internally about, you know, what markets we want to develop in the future. Something it's too early for us to discuss or make public, but it is incredible when you start looking at the lines, the categories of homes and businesses that this affects and what will be the appropriate marketing tools to get the product accepted in these lines of these different silos of businesses. And, and we think that because we're we constantly think about it, we think we have a lot of answers for the future. And you know, a year from now, we'll be discussing a couple of them on air because we'll have tested them by then. And it, again, it is one of those things where people are noticing, to your point earlier, Tyler, when, you know, it, we discussed this on a podcast a, a while back, but, you know, 20 years ago, a power quality problem was your VCR flashed. You know, your, the clock on your microwave oven flashed. Well, now your lights don't turn on. You know, that's a whole different league of disturbance. So, and then as, you know, the, as we were talking about health, if power quality gets in the way of your health being monitored, people will be outraged, absolutely outraged at that and scared. So it is it is incredibly bright for the future. And I, I think Mario's comment about a power quality device such as ours will be as common in a household as a dishwasher is absolutely correct. The key, the key, and this is one thing where we've been able to excel and continue to grow is and, and something I learned on our real estate side as well, the market's ready when the market's ready, not when you're ready. So you have to be patient. You have to be deliberate, thoughtful, going through your process. And it may take five years. And, you know, I, we, I remember uh, there was a company many years ago, uh, a big brand. I forget which one it was, though. But they came out. They came out, and they were like, "Oh, we're going to sell ten thousand a month through Home Depot." And it was like, "No, you're not." You know, like, but that was their that was their business model. Their business model was all our overhead, everything we do. We if we're not selling ten thousand a month, you know, this division's going to get shut down. I'm going to lose my job. You know, and and again, one thing we learned was when the market's ready, it's ready. Until then, you know, you, you just got to be patient. So we, we've been fortunate enough where we can be patient and we're seeing the fruits of, of, of that patience now. 
that's a that's a fantastic point. And yeah, and I think really well put, Mario. That that like you said, the market is ready when the market is ready, and that's that's kind of uh, that's kind of how it feels. And and right now, um, it sounds like demand is is sky high for Rosewater, and that's that's fantastic to hear and to to learn about, guys. As we wrap up this episode, what do you want people to walk away with and know about Rosewater ten years in? Uh, Joe, let me kick it over to you. Any final thoughts you want to leave the audience with here today? I think if I were going to summarize just one final thought for the audience is that Rosewater is positioned as a solution to a problem and the very best solution available. And as long as Mario, Marco, and I are here, that will never change. That's, there is nothing that will change that. And And sometimes, you know, people go, well, you know, you guys are, you're awfully rigid about that. And the answer is yes, we are incredibly rigid about that. We, we are the best now and we intend to be the best forever is us. That's the message I would like to leave. Mario, uh, final thoughts you want to leave the audience with here today. Well, again, I think from my perspective, always, you know, thinking about uh, getting that sale going. And I would just say that we've sold in, Almost every state we've sold in St. Kitts as well. We've sold in Mexico and we sell in Canada. So if, if there was a dealer or a rep in a state where we've sold and they're not selling, just, you know what, give us a call. <laughs> we'll help you make that sale. Uh, there are people buying it, our device all over. And, and I think a lot of people have to get over the concerns that they themselves have, not their clients have. So uh, we're here. We're here to help everybody to get it done, to grow their business along with us growing our business. So we're, we're always happy to help. We're always happy to get on a call. We're always happy to be part of that process and make things easier for everybody. Well, people have been reaching out to Mario nonstop throughout the podcast. And so we should maybe let him go uh, go answer some of those calls. They might even be from you uh, if you're listening to this show. So, uh, <laughs> well, uh, Mario and Joe, congratulations on 10 years hitting the the, the double digits. Uh, congratulations. Uh, many, many more years ahead of you of fantastic growth and amazing products. And so, guys, thank you so much for joining us here on this episode of The Next Generation of Energy and, uh, and talking a little bit more about the past 10 years and, and where we're going in the future. Thank you very thank much. You, Tyler, thank you for hosting. Yeah. As usual, you were great at it, and we look forward to doing more podcasts with you. Well, I'm looking forward to it as well, gentlemen. So uh, thank you once again. And listeners, thank you for joining us for this episode of the show. We appreciate it very much. Of course, for more, you can always visit the Rosewater website or subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to stay up to date with the latest. We'll be back soon with new episodes of the show. But for this one, for Joe and Mario, I'm Tyler. We'll talk to you next time.